0: Welcome to Yillah Mensa, exploring cross centered contextual justice in the South African context. Yellow Mensa is a ministry of Isubambano Center for Biblical Justice. I am your host, David Klutler, and with me, drum roll. But every time uh, this guy tries something new, but then, of course, it doesn't Yeah, okay. it does, doesn't work. Just do your thing. Buddy. Anyway, Who, are, me, you? Who uh, are you? Who are you? John Scapers, who are you? Uh, John, it's good to be back. It's been a while. It's been a but while. We are, back. While. We back. are here, and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. things are happening. Things are happening. Things are happening. Today we have a special guest. We, with us is uh, Jordan Pickering, and he is—he's here to discuss with us his book. Yes, Jordan has a book, a new book. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, he's got a new book, and yeah. it's called "Turn Neither Right Nor Left: Recentering Evangelicalism." Okay, so guys, before we're gonna do that, I have an announcement to make, guys. You gotta, you gotta listen to this. There's something massive. There's something big coming out. Our next justice and theology forum is happening. It's happening. It's happening. If you've been or you missed out on the last one. Guys, mm-hmm. nice. you missed out on you missed out big, but please you can check you can check out on our website the link uh, to the last one we had with um, Ryan Seville. That's right. Uh, um, your socialization, what is it? What uh, implicit again? bias and socialization. Exactly, exactly. Well, and, yeah. and that was that was that was phenomenal. That yeah. was that was amazing. Please check it out on our website. But a new one, new justice and theology forum is happening. That's happening on Thursday, the twelfth of September. Mm-hmm. Thursday, the twelfth of September and it's happening in the evening the because evening. in the evening oh. not in the morning in the evening because we've Shaking been getting up. some people Shaking have been saying like ah, I'm working I'm I'm not I'm I'm, I'm I'm unable to attend what are you guys doing yeah. so it's 1,900 hours, that's 7 o'clock, man, sir. Well, I want to say something here. those yes. people that have been
1: complaining <laughs> and asking for an evening when we know who you are and we want to see you there. Please.
0: Because, yeah, we've got have all changed. the messages. We've changed we've everything seen. for you. Yes. We've, so now yes, you've yes, got yes. to be there. And it's happening at, at Gangster Cafe in Gangstar. Mowbray. Gangster. Gangster. Cafe <laughs> in Mowbray. Gangster Cafe in Mowbray. Please, we'd love to see you all there. Um, details will follow Back uh, To Jordan We have Jordan in the studio Jordan Can hey, you please tell us A little about yourself Hi Jordan Hi Jordan Hi Jordan, Hi Jordan. Hi Jordan. Uh, David, John, yes. Thanks for yes, having yes, me on yeah, he just, he, just, he just used that name he used for me, David. David. Yeah. David, I noticed David. you said your own surname incorrectly as well. Uh, so Cluter, there. I'm Cluter. Come on, man. Yeah,
2: you mucked it up a little bit, but we'll let it slide. Yeah. <laughs> Yo. The man's bringing the fire. <laughs> He's bringing <laughs> the, the fire. <laughs> okay.
0: We haven't even Jordan, started Jordan, just, just tell us about yourself and don't get it wrong. Just tell us about yeah. yourself. Tell us about yeah. yourself, yeah. your yeah.
2: background and your faith journey. Mm. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, my name's Jordan Pickering. I, uh, I'm married, have two, two kids. Uh, two two little girls who are a joy. Um, I grew up in the Durban area. First twenty years of my life, I spent mm-hmm. there. I, I grew up in a, a Baptistic church, a, m- mostly with sort of Pentecostal background. Uh, then when That's I moved, Amen, yeah, yes. Hallelujah. When I moved to uh, to Cape Town, I went a slightly different direction and um, and ah. ended up somehow in an evangelical Anglican church uh, yes. in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. So for the last twenty years of my life, I've been uh, I've been in an Anglican church. Uh, it was very different, yeah. So the Anglican church of the same denomination to which I now belong, when I was growing up, that was the church that was like the the, the church you went to die spiritually. If people left wow. that church and yeah. went to that church, it would yeah. be because they've yeah. um, they've lost their faith. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so it was a bit, a bit of a transition <laughs> to lose my faith in that way as well <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and go join an Anglican church, but that's where I've been. So I, I've yeah. come from a very kind of fundamentalist background and uh, I've crossed over traditions into mm-hmm. into this new, well, not any longer new, but this Anglican evangelical church. So I think in terms of my, my faith journey, that was very much mm-hmm. coming to terms with the complexities of of, of the Bible and, and what it means. You know, coming from a, a very certain and sure. simplistic in some ways tradition, very confident in its own beliefs. Yeah. I had to navigate a few changes, particularly initially with baptism. So, you know, mm-hmm. infant baptism would have been yeah. a faithless yeah, yeah. position in my youth for quite a while. <laughs> And now it's something that I that I would I would even ad, advocate for in some ways. So there's there's been a, sure. a shift coming to understand other people's oh, wow. perspectives, and it's it's of course made me a little bit more moderate right. in that yeah. regard. Yeah. And then, yeah, now I'm working at a, a Christian studies center at UCT, student YMCA at uh, mm-hmm. the, the University of Cape Town. And, um, and that's a ministry that's involved in the, the integration of faith and life, trying to understand how our faith impacts us in our work, in our relationships right.
0: and everything yeah. mm. of that order. John, can you just briefly give us a taste for
2: what, what your new book, book is about, uh, Turning Neither Right Nor Left? The title of the book, Turn Neither Right Nor Left, comes mm-hmm. from a verse, a couple of verses in Deuteronomy that use that phrase. And, uh, and the idea is that, in Deuteronomy anyway, people are being encouraged at that point not to take their eyes off of the covenant that they have and to turn yeah. either one direction or the other. Right. And wow. what I think is going on in our society, wow. in American society yeah. particularly, mm-hmm. I guess that's where my focus is at this point, is that... Um, that there's such a strong polarization into, yeah. into the right wing and the left wing, you know, the liberals and the conservatives, whatever you want to call them, right. scrapping for the heart of the faith, so it would seem. But I think what's actually gone on there is that people have taken their eyes off of the gospel in a way that you might not be expecting, right. but it's it's still in the fight to be more faithful. In some ways, we've sure. lost. we've lost our gospel. Sure. So the book wow. is, is talking about polarization mm-hmm. in America, particularly because right. the church is reflecting their politics yes. and the fight for the faith is making them less faithful in some way. Mm. You, you, you mentioned the fact that
0: you, you, you do focus on the American context. Mm. Now, why is a South African did you choose yeah. to, to go that route? And, and, and do you think, um, second to that, is there any overlap between the context, mm. uh, some of that stuff happening in a, in a South African space? Hmm. Yeah. Okay, can I just throw yes. in like
1: just? Can you give us maybe some examples? I'm sure most of us are aware, but maybe some people on of that kind of polarization. Oh, I so, yeah. don't know if you want to give an idea in American context or South African. We'll leave it up to you.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, I think there are um, there are issues certainly around justice. This is right. something that's that's sure. close to the heart of of your organization mm-hmm. and ours. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Where people are unable to talk about the issue itself right if you start talking about justice you're put into a camp right, right for bat mm. and so you you would Im- immediately be identifying yourself as liberal in some way right wow on the other side of it then if you're trying to signal that you're a, a true conservative and that you're someone who who loves the gospel right. then you have to fight against Social right. justice, because you're wow. showing that your gospel first by doing that. There's right. almost nothing in between any longer. Right. Wow. right. And you can't even talk about the issue issue anymore. It's the same with, with scripture. If you're if you're truly faithful, then you have to you have to talk mm. about inerrancy in every respect and how the Bible is completely true and unimpeachable. And there's nothing there's nothing you can even talk about in terms of what the Bible says. Right. In in having that discussion of what kind of Bible we have, right. you have to signal your virtue by right. being completely sure. conservative. Well. Whereas the liberals on the other side will be talking about how the Bible is just something that, um, you know, that the people back in the past wrote about their faith journey. Right. It's not God's word, and there's right. you don't have to obey that. So there's again nothing in between. There's right. no discussion that can be had. Right. So when you start talking, you're put into a camp. Right. Yeah. And you have to fight for your camp, otherwise you're <laughs> right. you're with the unfaithful,
1: right? Sure. Having read your book, I think, and and I agree with this is that I, I love the fact that you said that we we use that to dismiss people's argument.
2: Right. So well. because there's
1: nothing in the middle, we can mm-hmm. so immediately you're either you're a liberal, you're a fundamentalist, you're a social sure. gospel gospel warrior, you whatever whatever the category is. Marxist. Marxists. Yeah, we can just we can, <laughs> we That's can, a big one. Yeah. yeah. Cultural, Marx. Cultural Marxist. Yeah. From people who've never met. So yeah, anyway, are new but, to you, but yeah, yeah, but these are the terms. And, and I mean, we've experienced some of that sure. as well. I'm sure you have as well, but it's a, mm. it's a case of saying that you just immediately dismissed. There's no need to interact with your argument because yeah. you are X, Y, Z, you, you have this label and it becomes a, excuse the pun. It becomes a bit of a trump card. Uh, in order to <laughs> we throw it out and we don't uh, have to I, I, yep, I, I, yep, yeah it just yep, happened yep, there yep, um, yep, we yep. just kind of. but it yeah. means we can dismiss it we don't have to engage with it sure uh, because we already know where you yeah. are and what you
2: stand and so there's no sure. room for reevaluating rethinking our theology at all yeah, yeah. it's one of the, the sad things about the arguing from camps and it's it just makes it impossible to hear the other team Because right. as soon as you concede ground if it's too polarized yeah. then yeah you're you're immediately. Giving the enemy too much space, right? Yeah, and there's no room to say, "Well, we're not actually enemies. We, <laughs> right. want, to, we want to figure out what the truth what, is." And, yes. and how do you talk about what the truth is sure. if you have to signal your allegiance to your team before anything else? Sure. Wow. So that's that's a major problem. The reason why I think it's it's a good thing for us to talk about, even in South Africa. Is yep. that a lot of our churches, not all, I mean, I, I come from middle class backgrounds and that's my my church traditions would reflect mm. that. So it's, we, we take a lot of our cues from American literature, particularly. Sure, uh, from, yes. From the public figures there who are, are fighting their fights. And so the fights that we have end up being the same ones that they're right. having in the States. So we fight about um, evolution, um, scripture, abortion, Jeez. what else? Those kinds of topics right. that, are, that are big in the culture wars in the States. Mm. Yeah they spill over here, even though they're not necessarily issues yeah. that our country feels right. that strongly about. I mean, if you're looking at South Africa, the big issue that we need to solve is not the evolution problem, right? right. Yes, But it's something that our churches scrap over and, and we host international speakers right. and fly international speakers over to talk about that right. kind of thing. Jeez. And uh, and that's really a function of us feeding on the American environment. And so I, I think that in South Africa, we, we need to also be thinking about how we take our cues or, or even wow. speaking back to the American context, like I'm trying to do, you right. know, be, be missionaries to the States oh, wow. in our thinking. Sure. <laughs> you know, we, we can, we can push back and say, well, actually the world's issues are bigger than that. And, uh, and what you're doing to the faith has an effect on each of us. Wow. Sure. Uh, so that's why I thought it was worth writing into that context primarily. And, um, by trickle down effect, it'll, it'll affect our own context too, yeah. <laughs> right?
0: I, I think this is so important because I know, especially within the student context, and and especially churches, predominantly because I'm familiar with with the context. Also, churches predominantly in 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 the in the southern suburbs and in particular black right. students there's a lot of students during feastmas fall right. that has gotten hurt students that has right. left the church hmm. because True. of these conversations because of how people have understood what what are you saying what are you what are you what are you advocating for like what what is the role of the church what is the and in my encounters in in, in, in Conversations with many black students in particular, students of color, Mm. is that this whole thing, when people, students ask about suffering, it comes back to colonialism. Right. And it's not a a question of God per se as a a person or personal God involved and why is he allowing suffering? But it's more a question of the Christian God. Mm. Right. And those are South African context questions which are not necessarily, but these things are important at uh, Imported and we we having right. these conversations uh, mm. on on a level that is not South African level, right? And 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 we don't from a church level don't understand mm. people and 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 there's where you have the right the left in in in, in small ways breaking into the South right. African church in the South African context. Yeah. So they, they
1: so so I think what what I hear you guys saying is that mm. we are often allowing. The, the Western context, the American context sure. to not only set the agenda of what issues we talk about and even saying what issues to talk about, what issues are appropriate for us to talk about orthodox in yeah. terms of orthodoxy, but how we talk about them, right. the framework we use sure. and and then even the content we invest in them. So who are the people that are thinking about the issues? Yeah. In, in one sense, is like, you know, we don't really need wealthy hmm. New Yorkers or people from Minneapolis. Hmm reflecting on poverty and injustice. it's yep. I mean, it's helpful, and I'm not saying they don't have anything to say, but surely the people that are really going to help us grapple with this are people mm-hmm. who've deeply experienced it and who are deeply reflecting on Scripture in the that's light right. of that yep. because they're going to raise questions that, you know, John Piper or Don Carson or Tim yep. Keller could never raise. And yeah, that's yep. not to say there's anything wrong with, with them. It. Yep. It's just that like that is not their lived experience, and, and that becomes a measure of orthodoxy
2: in a very different context. Correct. One of the things also that I, I thought, David, what you brought up which was important is that the Christian the fights that we have in internally in the Christian faith end up not yeah. resonating with our our context right so we, we we talk about you know if we allow women to preach in churches then we're going to open the door for the gay agenda to completely transform our faith and we go okay well that's that's a realistic worry perhaps but when when people are worried about Poverty and the issues that they face in South Africa And as you said you've got the fees Must Fall Movement which is Talking about decolonialization The church ends up having nothing to say about that right. Because that agenda has been set elsewhere yeah, As right. important as as issues Of, yeah. of sexuality might be um, But both in the States and here Once the, once the debate gets toxic as well When people right. start to talk in such a way That they can't hear one another And you have to again just signal your conservatism By being <laughs> opposed to issues of poverty or criminalization, that kind of thing, uh, then it it stops resonating with people and it has the opposite effect where where the the people who are are on the fence in some respect in the church or or people who find themselves somewhere in the middle wanting to, to take a conservative view of Scripture but to love the poor. Right, yeah. They've got no option but to say I'm n- I'm neither of yes. your, your camps. <laughs> yes. I have to leave. <laughs> yeah. And so in sure. the states there's a, there's an entire movement the hashtag evangelical yeah, yeah. which well, is evangelicals yeah. who've said I I can't fit here anymore. Yeah. I I I sure. find your ethos so distasteful that I, I have to leave. Right. Sure. And they they don't seem to be aware of a middle Middle right. place. There's nowhere for them to fall, right. where they can find like-minded people because right. of that that polarisation. So it's not that this is just a, a hobby horse where right. yeah. we would like real poverty people. on the yeah. agenda rather than right. inerrancy for right. or, or evolution. Right. Yeah. It's that people who are leaving the church right. because of this. It, we're failing in our mission mm. to be gospel-centred people. As much as we talk about gospel first, social justice second, yeah. we're losing people because our gospel is truncated and our gospel is hollow. Sure. And so we need to um, we need we need to get our, ourselves centered again and that's what yeah. this book is ultimately yeah. trying yeah. to do sure it's it's interesting is that I mean just you were talking about the
1: ex-evangelical thing and I think it's also linked to that we that we see just even amongst black evangelicals and the so-called quiet exodus or the black exodus that's happening mm. in the church it's not, it's, it's not exactly all the same issues but it's a similar thing where, where because it's so polarized we see this in the states we don't feel at home here because we can't talk about justice you know black lives matter and we're suddenly we're liberal we're oh, social yeah. gospel and so it's 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 even broader than that so we're seeing sure. young and it's probably a lot of younger people I think I don't know if you'd agree with that yeah, a sure. lot of younger people who are leaving and young white people leaving ex-evangelical and I've heard that phrase used here by the way as well uh, not as predominantly probably in this, as in the States and yeah. then we're seeing black evangelicals leaving um, because of this polarization because there's no middle ground where you can you know grapple with justice and love Jesus
0: or love the Bible right. I want to I bring it a little bit closer to the book and a little bit closer right. to home as well I'm, or, I'm thinking of the guy who's who's not necessarily using the language of evangelicalism okay. there yeah. and he's thinking of okay This sounds really interesting. I wanna, I wanna get into this conversation. What is, what is this? But I'm aware of issues of justice. Mm. I'm aware of other stuff that 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 the church is (coughs) conversations that the church is having that's polarizing us. Yeah. Uh, What are some of the things, other things that the book
2: touches in terms of justice? The subtitle of the book is recentering evangelicalism, and I almost regret using the word. Evangelicalism, because although as a demographic in America it tends to be some, it, it tends to be a, a major group. They'll right. list they'll list the perspective of white evangelicals. Yeah, but even in the states, apparently that's only twenty percent of the population sure. would identify as evangelical, and it's not particularly me trying to reform that branch of the church. It's a yeah. it's a discussion about Christianity ultimately, right. and, and what yeah. that ought mm-hmm. to mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, the book is dealing with when it when it deals with what our center ought to be. It's looking at uh, what the church looks like when it's centered on Christ, okay. the Person of Christ, and, and yes. you know a Triune God. Yeah. And so, ultimately, the, the last three chapters or the the major chapters about what our center should look like are right. focused on faith, hope, and love. Right. Of course, yes. That, that mm-hmm. biblical triad. And um, in in connection with those, when I'm discussing faith, I'm also looking at doubt and how doubts. There's a there's a negative kind of doubt and there's a positive kind of doubt right. sure. that is actually part of a, it's it's a change agent. It's one of the things that we require in our lives to be able to force change. Where we become dissatisfied with yeah. our understanding or dissatisfied with the way that the church operates. You know, doubt is a function of of dissatisfaction in many right. ways. Yeah, and cool. so you can't be satisfied. You you can't be fully um, fully convinced of everything. Uh, you, you don't fix what isn't broken, right? You know, that's what they yeah. say. So if you've got the perception that you have to present a face right. of Christianity that is completely impervious to criticism and is getting everything correct, right. yeah. there's no room there for change. You can't reform. You can't um, You can't align yourself better with Scripture if you're fully persuaded that you've sure. got the answers right. So doubt is a necessary change right. agent. It's a necessary counterpart to right. faith, not the opposite of faith right. necessarily. Wow. Mm. So certainty is in many ways an opposite of faith. Maybe not the only one, but it's a major one. Because if you're fully certain, you don't have to trust. Right. You just know, right? And knowledge is is different to trust. Right. Yeah. Trust is activated when there's when there's mystery, when there's a when there's a gap, when there's something mm. that you you can't fully apprehend. Mm. So sure. in some ways, certainty is a bigger enemy of faith than doubt. Mm. And I think that's an important discussion to start, if not to fully complete yeah. in the book. Uh, when talking about hope, um, that's when I, I speak about justice more particularly. Yep. So justice mm. or or hope is is looking forward to to the kingdom that will be. Mm. But part of our task as Christians is to be focused on on bringing that kingdom about in some measure. Right, right now, you know, we're, yeah. we're saved for eternal life, but the Bible talks about eternal life as something that has begun in us already, and that community mm. is very right. much or the church community is supposed to yeah. be a picture right. of our future hope. So yeah. we need to be working towards justice for that reason Mm -hmm. and then the chapter on love focuses also on unity right so one of the things that was the biggest challenge to me (laughs) i think this year in reading scripture was was john 17 jesus says he's talking about his his unity with god that he's he's one with god and god is one with him and they will know that god has sent him by the fact that we are unified with one another as he is unified with god right sure now, if that's not the most awful challenge you've heard today, then then, <laughs> then I want to hear what you've been listening to because I need yeah. more challenges in my life like that. But this right. one, for goodness sake, you look at the church, you don't think unity, right? No. You think infighting, you think denominations that are divided about right. silly things, you know. There's just all kinds of fights right. that are going on in the church. Whereas Jesus says, people will look at the at the church and right. see that he is real because right. we are united. united. And then you look at us and you go, "Oh my goodness, we're failing so badly." <laughs> right. yeah. So when we talk about love for one another, we we can't start by talking about doctrine. You have to have your doctrine yes. right, and then we will love you. I love you that have point. Your, yeah. Have your doctrine right, mm. and then we will be unified with you. Right. The point is, we've got to deal somehow. The Bible is calling us somehow to deal with yes. other denominations, other beliefs, people who disagree with us on on matters of scripture and theology, right. and telling us to be unified with them somehow. Wow. Right. So we've got to figure out what that looks like, like because we're not doing it right now. Yeah. Sure,
1: I, I love the point you made in, in, in yeah. your book. Is you, you said, you were talking about that. You said, if we are, we want to do unity with people who we have, who we agree with. And one sense, that's not unity, that's conformity. But when we make conformity the, the measure for unity, it's, it, that's actually, that's not unity. That's easy. It's yeah. like everyone
2: loves the people who love them. Everyone agrees with the people who agree with them. And yeah, unity isn't consensus, basically. Yes, yeah. Because the Bible doesn't give us the ability to form consensus right. on anything. We've got so many various positions, even yes. within groups that broadly agree. Yeah. Mm. Evangelicals, you've got Baptists and infant Baptists, right? And and some Baptists... But some of the Montreal Christians, right? Right, well, that's okay. certainly the view okay. from the one half. <laughs> so Come on exactly now. Issue, Which half? Right? Which half? <laughs> no, so yeah. in, in the end, we've got, we've got evangelicals. We all love Scripture. We're trying to do our best. Right. Um, we're, we're trying to be faithful. Right. And what people end up doing is they, they're saying, I've come to this conclusion based on Bible verses that lead me to believe my theology is correct. Right. You have a different position. Therefore, you must be unfaithful to the Bible because right. otherwise you would Almost, agree with yeah. me. Right. And that's why we end up dividing because we don't have any way of coping with people right. reading the same Bible that's and coming com- to... Different I was
1: in a meeting recently and it, it, this wasn't the point of the meeting, but somehow we got onto the role of the role of women in the church and complementarian and egalitarian. And the, yeah, I don't remember that conversation. I, I don't know. So yeah. you might have been there. But there was um, and someone raised and I think his brother was trying to do it in a gentle way, but it was just the language they used is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, and he was saying uh, egalitarians are you know they 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 have a they're more liberal and I was like whoa and I just stopped him right there and yeah. I said listen I'm no doubt they are liberal theological egalitarians but like you can but evangelicalism and liberals that's not that's not where yeah. the where you draw the yeah. line yeah. on on mm-hmm. the role of women there are you know there are there are egalitarian evangelicals who hold the same view of scripture as you. Uh, but have come to different conclusions. And it was amazing because he took it really well, but I think it was kind of this like, like, I almost saw it on his face, it was like this light bulb moment, like, wait a minute, people can read scripture with the same integrity, the same desire to come to, to answers, the same prayerfulness, and come to a different conclusion. Yeah, right. And, and then I think I might have pushed him a little bit further. I said, do you know that I I'm no doubt that there are some liberals who have t- have taken their position on the role of women that they have because of societal pressure, absolutely. And so they saying, well, we're going to become yeah. egalitarians because of that. But how many complementarians have also this position that they have because of societal pressure? Sure. Realizing that it's a, it's a camp thing. we find Sometimes we yeah. find scripture to back it up. It was yeah. actually when we listen to one another we find a lot more uh, space mm. for that that kind of that wrestling and that yeah. doubt that you're saying, right. uh, rather than just polarizing off and chucking missiles at each other.
0: Sure. Here's, here's another one that, that causes this polarization. Uh, in the book, you talk a lot about the doctrine of inerrancy and about how we read and interpret scripture. Uh, mm. You touched on that a little bit. One of the things that we, the common arguments that we often get is, you know, just preach the gospel. Yeah. Right. Uh, just 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 stick to what you're supposed to and one of the other arguments I heard recently is like if you just apply the gospel in your life you don't need social justice Right. If you just believe, then love will produce what it's supposed to produce. Um, mm. But our history, church history, tells a different story. That it did just didn't just come. So, well, so but anyway, do so you so want to speak to
2: that? Sorry, we're just turning up the heat quickly here. Just, please be patient. <laughs> I was thinking about this um, the other night as well, just based on tri- Twitter discussions or something. But... Um, but if you think about the early church, the people that Paul was speaking to, yeah. right, what, what did they have as their scriptures? Obviously, the the Old Testament, but right. they also would have had then Jesus's life and walk, his death and resurrection. They would have had the gospel. Right. So yeah. the early church is going to be centered around the gospel. They don't have a full Bible yeah. around which to have their scraps and their fights, right? So they, they've got the gospel. <laughs> what you see in Paul's letters effectively is an attempt to apply the gospel right. to people. So the, Paul's letters are theology, but they're also showing us how the gospel is worked out in the life of a particular church right. as a model for the rest of us. Right. Yeah. So we're looking at Paul's model in the way that we apply the gospel to church issues. Right. So the reason why I bring this up is that you've got the gospel as our core belief, and then you have Paul giving a whole lot of imperatives, commands, instructions to the church as to how they ought to be living that out because they're not. Yeah. yeah. So he's writing because they're failing to live out the gospel in some way. Right. Like the letter to the Corinthians, you got just a whole litany <laughs> of things that they're getting wrong. Yeah. So the gospel didn't produce omniscience in them, you know, full self-awareness right. of their own sin, full self-awareness of where Jeez. culture is broken. They had to learn that by studying the gospel, forming a, a, a gospel shaped mind. Right. And then having an apostle or a prophet or somebody clued up saying, right. You guys aren't putting these pieces, pieces together, yeah. right? On some pretty obvious things at some point. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You would think, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. You've, got a, you've got a member sleeping with his stepmom. The pagans <laughs> think that's disgusting. What do you reckon, guys? <laughs> you know, so I, yeah. I think there's, there's yeah. issues like that where you can, there are imperatives, is my point, in the yeah. New well, Testament. Well, you know? yes. So if we're saying, just preach the gospel, tell people that Jesus died for their sins, and they'll go, oh, these are my sins. I know what my sins are now, and yeah. now I can change them. That doesn't happen. Yeah, sure. It happens by degree, and it happens with us sharpening one right. another. Yeah. But the way in which God instructs us is by giving us teachers. That's also biblical, of yes. course. Right. The, the teachers are there to help us see our faults and to right. see where things are broken. Um, but yeah. it does, the Spirit sensitizes us. The gospel helps us to understand ourselves and our society. It right. gives us the framework to understand things like justice. But it still requires people speaking specifics into that. Yeah. To help us to see what needs changing,
1: particularly you think about justice and racism in our context, in a context where we've been so Im- we've been so trained yeah. and so instructed to think about these yeah. things in a certain way, and it's been our entire life that we've yeah. we've been trained in this the system of white supremacy, um, and it's wrong, absolutely, it's wrong. But suddenly we come to Jesus, and all of this. Let's say you come, you're 30 years old, all this 30 years of training and uh, and enculturization has happened, and now suddenly it all just disappears like that. Yeah. I'm going, and particularly in a context where the Bible has been used very Mm -hmm. often to back up some of that white supremacy, you're going, that's not just going to disappear. Work out your salvation with fear and And trembling. And so there's got to be humility there. Yeah. That we realize how much we have to work and unlearn,
2: yeah.
1: and I mean, and we're just talking about one area of life.
2: The other thing to add on on this issue is, if we're saying just preach the Bible, yeah, how much justice is there in the Bible? It's it's not yeah. gospel only yeah. the, the whole Old Testament you know Deuteronomy is a system right. where what they were supposed to do is set up a nation in which people would say your God exactly. or your nation is so blessed yes. or your, your God exactly. is so wise because he lives near to you yeah. and we can see that in your laws being just yes then you get up the other the other thing that really struck me was Matthew 2323 23, a very famous yes. verse right. about yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know Jesus criticizing the Pharisees, Pharisees yeah. We listen to that and we always go, oh, those Pharisees, you know, look at them. They're, they're naughty, so naughty. ridiculous. <laughs> I'm so glad we're not Pharisees. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, what does he say in that verse? He says that, you know, you're, you're doing the outward stuff of the exactly. law. You're, you're filtering your nuts and uh, tithing your cumin and your mint and all of that. Yeah. But he says you're neglecting the weightier matters of the law. This right. is Jesus speaking in the New Testament, yeah. right? Mm. Which are justice, mercy, and faithfulness. We go, yeah, faithfulness I get, right? Yeah. We're going to speak faithfulness. Yeah. Everybody, this is the gospel. The gospel says be faithful. Right, right, right. Now, justice and mercy, justice is talking back to power, right? right it's right. making sure that the laws and the functioning of society is, is true and fair. Right. Mercy is dealing with the poor and, the victims and, and have, helping yeah. to fix their needs. Yeah. Those are the things that we are saying we must neglect them for the sake of the gospel. Really? Yeah. Sure. I say if we preach the gospel, we'll be speaking about those things on a daily basis, surely. Yeah. Boom. So, so, now, <laughs> so now, let me be the devil's advocate. The more we talk about this stuff,
0: I feel like, oh man, like, how do we get this right? Because at what point am I not dancing to the culture mm. and talking about this justice stuff? What what defines biblical justice? Like, this slippery slope, like, how do you know you actually, you actually in the gospel, you actually on God's side uh, in terms of these conversations? Mm. And I'm just nervous, somebody may say, like, at what point do you not, just slide right into, out the
1: gospel. Right out the gospel.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the wor- the worry is there. W- there was, of course, a, a massive uh, fight, I guess, in the middle of the last century about social justice right. being the form of the gospel. So li- right. liberalism. Once you demythologize the New Testament and the gospel, then you're you're left with being like Christ, right? You know, if there's no resurrection, if that's just a way of speaking and your own personal awakening being pictured in, in yeah. Christ's death and resurrection, right. then what's left is to be Christ-like, and that means, of course, helping the poor and um, and just working for justice. So there is a way of doing social justice that is uh, liberal and not reflective of what we would call biblical Christianity. So, of yeah. course, there is that danger. Right. But the idea that you, by, by speaking about justice in any way, are necessarily sliding towards that is right. a little bit more ridiculous because the, the <laughs> perspective of social justice uh, as being... Or the social gospel, rather that—that that is born out of a theological position. Right, it didn't produce the theological right. position. Yeah,
1: yeah. So
2: we're saying the justice that we're calling for is born out of evangelical theology, because right. when we look at the Bible, yeah. it's telling us it that could. we have to love our enemies, love the poor. Right, uh, you know, as we've just spoken from Matthew twenty-three, twenty-three. Exactly, the, the weighty matters of the, the law, law, law are justice just and faithfulness. Right. Mercy and faithfulness, yeah. So I, I think that it's it's not a necessary slide, first of all. So right. whenever there's a, a suggestion of a slippery slope, you've got to ask the question, is it a certainty that I'm going to take that slide? If right. I start down this hill, so right, to speak, right. yeah. am I definitely going to slip? Or is there a firm foothold at the right spot on right. this hill, right? you know, Can I stop the slide? Am I going to find the right place to be? Right. So. And of course, the assumption is always that I'm at the top of the hill, right? <laughs> now, now that I'm not talking about justice and I'm just talking about Christ's death on the cross. I'm at the top of the hill. I'm in the firm place. Right. I'm closer to heaven. When you start talking about justice, you're starting the slide. Well, what if we turned it around and said, actually, Ooh. you have to climb the hill back up to where you ought to be in terms of social justice right. because you've slipped all the way down <laughs> there by forgetting it. Wow. Wow. Because the point is this, yeah. right? We're, we're, yeah. we're participants in society. None of us are standing outside exactly. of our societies. That's we're here. We're embarked, as wow. Pascal said. You can either choose to be a monk or like an Amish person where right. you say we deny society. Right. We we distance ourselves. That's we're removing ourselves from society. Right. You come to us, hmm. which we have biblical problems with, of course, in sure. terms of the Great Commission, perhaps. Right. But you can choose that or you're a participant. You don't get to be somewhere in the middle where yes. you, you can say, I, I deny all of the privileges that I have yeah. as person X not being a slave. Right. I deny that that matters. I'm just preaching the gospel. Awesome. You people who are slaves... God put you in that position. That's what they ended up having to say, isn't it? Exactly. Okay. That's exactly. Sorry yeah. guys, it's not my problem. That's yeah. that's the society we've been born into of which I'm no longer a part somehow. But we do then draw all of the benefits from that. So we're either perpetuating yeah. the society we have or that's we're true. changing the society so, we have oof. with whatever platform we've been given. That's it. Yeah. So yeah. I, d- I don't think it's a slippery slope. I think I think that we it's as that saying goes, it's the only thing that is necessary for for evil to triumph. Right. Is that good people do nothing. Yeah. And that's our gospel in a horrible way, where we're saying, you know, come to us, come be the church, save yourself from your sins, but we're not going to do anything about life out there because that's someone else's business. Right. And that's why society ends up being evil, because good people are doing nothing. nothing. Right. Yeah. That's true. So if you're going to participate in society, let's participate in making it better. That's, I mean, that's just... Christian, isn't it? That's just That's, being yeah. a Christian in society. Exactly. I see Preaching evil the around choir, me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I see yeah. evil around me. Christ has called me to be exactly. salt and light. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm gonna go be salt and light. Exactly. Your subtitle of your book is "Recentering Evangelicalism." Can Can you just talk a little bit about what What does that mean?
2: Um, what What is that? Mm, sure. So I think given given that I'm pointing out, or we've been speaking about it all the way through, that the polarization, the idea that we we end up retreating into camps, and we we've set up a series of uh, beliefs that you ought to hold to belong to that camp. And if you don't hold those, you know, there's a, a sense in which you're going to be excluded. Right. Um, and then people who are, I think are trying to to do their best to discover the truth and represent the truth of the gospel often find ourselves, at least on some issues, in an uncomfortable middle where we're yes. we're not liberal for the liberals and we're not conservative enough for the conservatives. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we end up being the pariah of everybody. Sure. <laughs> um, and that that's yeah. unfortunate but I think necessary. So yeah. I'm not I'm not calling for us to find a middle compromise, right? Where yeah. we can be somewhat conservative and somewhat liberal. Yeah. yeah. We don't we don't choose sides as such. I think well the side that we choose is the side of Christ. And so we ought to be able to, as a prophetic voice in society critique the the republicans and the democrats right we don't we yeah. don't say the republicans are evil for position x therefore we become a democrat or right. the democrats are trying to open the door to whatever therefore we must be republican right. sure. that's that's the the sickness of polarization ultimately right. that you've got to choose one or other poll right uh, what we should actually be doing as christians is saying we we are citizens of another country right. we belong to heaven we belong to christ therefore we represent salt and light in, in our nation, whether it's America or South Africa or wherever right. you are. And we critique the poles, we, re, we critique the middle, we're representing what the gospel is. Right. So the censoring that I'm calling for is not a compromise, it's that we we refuse any longer to compromise the gospel that we've wow. been given. Wow, That's, I like
1: that. Yeah. And so
2: we're trying like to it. represent Christ in society. We're trying to, to you know, the, the two tests that we've given, I mentioned the one of unity from John 12, but John also talks about what Christ does in the book, the gospel of John. That they'll know that we're his disciples if we love one another, right? Yeah, right. And those are the things that we we are not supposed to be neglecting, but we are. Right. Uh, we we're fighting all of the fights about abortion and about homosexuality and about women in ministry, and that ultimately does very little to preserve or destroy the gospel. Uh, you know, when, it, when it's left out there in society, what we should be doing is showing people what Christ is like. Right. You know, if we did represent faith, hope, and love, if we did show unity and love of the kind that that um, the Christ calls us to in John's gospel, if we didn't make secondary issues into primary issues like we're told not to, right. uh, if we just thought about keeping the gospel center solid and living that gospel center out, then on one level, the polarization wouldn't matter or it wouldn't occur in the church. We would be standing as an example of light yeah. and salt mm. and uh, and go- godly witness in societies that desperately need it instead right. of getting dirtied by the fights that that society's having right well. and end up being just lukewarm a bit of nothing yeah. you know sure. the, the far right is um is not representing the full gospel uh the liberal left is not representing the full gospel nobody is and if those are your two choices then the gospel is is the loser in each case sure sure uh, yes, so yeah. the, the call is for us to center on, on our triune God, on <laughs> on Christ Himself and to learn to live a Christ-like life. Yeah. Sure. And that's what we're that's that's not a compromise, that's a, a full <laughs> commitment that is currently lacking. When we
1: were sitting around trying to conceptualize this for and what it would be, and yeah. and I, I don't know if we've experienced all of this, but I think one of the things we said is that uh we said that if if we are doing the work that God has called us to and we're doing it faithfully, we should be taking hits from the right. And from the left, yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. and that's not fun. Like you say, you end up in the middle. Like, well, I yeah. love you both, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. yeah. <laughs> and it's and, and it's painful, yes. uh, and it's hard. But I, I love that you say that 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 is the position of not compromising. We don't want Jesus or justice, if you can even separate those. We want both. We don't want this compromised gospel, yes.
0: and uh, that's
1: worth fighting for. I think
0: yeah. so. Amen. It's, it's a great reminder to us that. that even in our in our in our speech, in our, in our in what we're saying and how we're saying what we're saying, that we that we, we come back to the center. Yeah, come back to the center. Yeah, turning neither right nor left. Recentering Evangelicalism. It's
2: Jordan's new book. Jordan, can you tell us where people can get hold of your book? Uh, so you can get it from the directly from the publisher if you want a physical copy. That's the cheapest place at the moment to get a physical copy. Mm-hmm. It is the princely sum of nineteen and a half dollars. So save wow. up. Uh, if you are able to use an ebook, then Amazon is the place. Right. Uh, Amazon is currently eleven fifty. Again, in dollars for the right. ebook version, which is a little bit more palatable mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, look, if, if you've got copies, you can share. I'm not in this for the money. One always loses money writing books. You don't right. make money writing right. books. So that's not the issue. What I really want is for, for the, the future leaders, for those who are feeling the burn in this sort of polarization, in right. yep. this, the, the church fights that we have, who find the environment right. toxic. I want the next generation to be reading it and saying, "How can we form a Christianity that we can live with, Brilliant. and that, that speaks Christ to mm. to the places that we live? You know, where mm. we, we wow. don't have to divorce ourselves from what's going on, right. where we can actually be positive contributions sure. to to what's going on." So, if you're that person, then uh, then right. get your copy by hook or crook. <laughs> uh, I don't really mind if anything comes back my way, um, but yeah, let's let's try and form a Christianity where uh, where the gospel right. shines. Ah, that's beautiful man listen we did say this guy needs to eat so not by crook crook. so not by crook not
0: not, Not (coughs) by crook we know (coughs) who you are yes we know we will we we know (laughs) who you are we know your address But but guys Turning neither right nor left. I want to drum this. Mm. Turning neither right nor no left. left. Recentering yeah. evangelicalism. Mm. Get the we book. Jordan it. Pickering. Get yeah. the book. Get yeah.
2: the book, guys. Guys, thanks very much for having me. I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Thanks. No, thanks thanks so much for, for yeah. joining us. And maybe us. I can Stay
1: just bright. say to the listeners, if you if you do get, if you read it, if you're interested in reading it together with some people, if you have ideas, you have feedback, yep. Yep. hit the social media, let us know, send yep. us emails. Uh, let's talk about, it. let's get these conversations going. Yeah. That's what we need to be about. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Oh, yeah. I'll
2: take, take your questions as well. On yeah. book if you Jordan's have very active on Twitter. What is your Twitter handle? It's, at Jordan Longwind. Longwind. Okay, long yeah. Longwind. At like Jordan Longwind. Longwind. Like yes. long-winded, which is okay. already <laughs> evident from this interview why Why <laughs> that handle is that handle.
1: We'll put the details in the in the little block below. Uh, we'll put the details out on our social media as well. Yes,
0: yes, go yes. follow Jordan. Go interact with him. Uh, well worth your time. Wonderful, wonderful. Guys, as always, we're signing out. Mm -hmm. We're signing out. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter as you're following Jordan. You can follow us on Twitter at Yellow Mensa. Yeah. That is at Yellow Mensa. You can follow us. And don't forget that Yellow Mensa is available on iTunes and SoundCloud and Spotify. So go and give us a like, give us some ratings, whatever you do. Please follow us, listen to us, engage with us. We'd love to. Have those ratings. We'd love to see yeah, you guys. reviews Just and ratings reviews. are our lifeline. Yes, please, guys, guys. please, We'd please. Love, love to see you Stop. engage with us. I mean,
1: please come and tell us when you see us how much you love the podcast, but also. Go and give us a rating, a review, <laughs> a like, a share, uh,
0: whatever. As always, this audio was produced by Exilic Music. Shout out. You up. can check them out at www.exilic.co.za. Mm. Wonderful, guys. I'm your man, Shining Out. David, Gone. We got work to do.